Welcome to That's Good Sports. I am Brandon. When will the NFL start to take domestic violence seriously, Perna? I mean, Kurt Warner was basically bragging about beating up his boyfriends on the NFL Network on Sunday. Okay, man to man, I've got some good man beaters. That is disappointing and disgusting, Kurt. You disgust me. I thought you were a family man. Between that and the fact that the analysts who get paid the big bucks don't even have a winning pick record gives me more confidence than ever that I too can become an overpaid football guy one day soon. I've got some good man beaters. I'm going to cover the trades tomorrow, but tonight is all about... What did the Dolphins do on Monday Night Football? The late primetime games this week, 49ers, they appear to be real, but so do the Vikings, Saints, Packers, and the NFC. Whole bunch of game recapping. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. The holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, how do you keep track of all of those orders, or decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click the microphone at the top of the page and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation. Make ship happen. The Dolphins nearly pummel the Steelers, only losing by 13. Brian Flores was visibly angry. Yeah, I'd be mad too, Brian, if my tanking team nearly won on Monday Night Football. I also don't think he appreciated that James Conner was mocking Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sorry, Brian, but that's not a Fitzmagic impression. I hate to be the guy to tell you this, but Conner has been spending a little too much time in Fangorn Forest blowing Treebeard, Brigalid, Fimbrethil, Fingles, and Fladriff, because that's what they told him he needed to do to become a vegan. I may have gotten off track here, but Brian Flores was significantly pissed because it took about 20 minutes for the referees to decide whether or not this Ryan Fitzpatrick run was a first down. It wasn't, because they're the Dolphins. And I thought Miami had a chance to win this game. When I saw their retro graphics and their retro quarterback doing retro warm-ups, I like retro things, like seeing the Dolphins take a 14-0 lead in prime time. More important than the Dolphins' touchdown and pick is that I learned a great Fitzpatrick stat, a stat of the humankind. Rivers gets all the procreation love, but Fitzpatrick is no slouch of his own with seven children, and his wife has given birth in every state Fitzpatrick has played. And Philip Rivers is too scared to move out of San Diego. He drives to LA still. Steelers fans hit an all-time low, down 14-0 to the Dolphins. Trust me, that's the lowest Steelers fans have been ever. 
but faith was restored when they scored a touchdown on a third and 20 with just seconds left in the first half. The Dolphins performed the art of tanking after that, and it is an art. James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster finally look like the AB and Bell replacements we all thought they could be. Conner grinds out 145 and a touchdown, and Juju somehow reels in one of the most contested catches a contested catch has ever been. Most impressively, though, maybe Mason Rudolph, after a slow start, played well, hung in the pocket, and took multiple headshots and still made plays. The 49ers outscore their logo and beat the Panthers 51-13. And because God has figured out new ways to smite the Broncos, Emmanuel Sanders caught a touchdown on the 49ers' opening drive at roughly the same time the Broncos lost in Indy. The 49ers broke out to a 27-3 lead thanks to an offensive outburst that was culminated with two explosive touchdown runs by Tevin Coleman. Kyle Allen threw his first interception in the NFL, which led to the second Coleman touchdown. Allen would finish the game with three interceptions, zero touchdowns, and throwing down a giant roadblock to the Cam Newton trade rumors. Kyle Allen may or may not be good, but guess what? The Panthers still have the best running back in the league. Christian McCaffrey broke off a 40-yard touchdown run and converted a two-point conversion to make this a 14-point game. A 14-point game that turned into a 51-13 trouncing. But it did convert all 49ers doubters out there. Or maybe just made us question Kyle Allen and the validity of his wins. The 49ers run game is so good that even wide receivers are running for touchdowns. Debo Samuel takes the sweep and runs straight ahead to the end zone to basically put the Panthers just out of reach yet again. Kyle Shanahan respects the run game so much that he makes even Nick Bosa practice with the running backs for an hour every day. That's exactly why Bosa knows how to shake tacklers with the ball in his hand. Bosa finished with three sacks and a pick and the 49ers defense amassed seven sacks. And the offense added another 200 yard rushing day, five rushing touchdowns. Kyle Shanahan is officially a better offensive genius than Sean McVay. Sean McVay is so 2018. The Browns obviously can't beat the Patriots here. Uh, question though, is it easier to grip the football in the rain with a deflated football? Yes, but my hunch is that the Patriots have a new edge. Dry rain isolated precipitation selectivity, aka drips. They have sent their engineers into the clouds above Gillette Stadium to supply them with drips. When the Patriots are on offense, the clouds pour dry rain that allows them to grip the football. But when the Browns are on offense, like you see on this Donta Hightower fumble return touchdown, the clouds burst with wet rain that's actually been genetically infused with Crisco to make the ball slippery like a greased up Julian Edelman before copulation. Here, just watch. Nick Chubb, for who some reason decided not to wear gloves, breaks free on a 55-yard run that's headed for the end zone until the ball pops out of his hands thanks to New England's new innovative drips technology. Not to be confused with drip, which is something cool people say when they're re referring to their, their cool clothing. And just for good measure, the ball comes out again and goes straight to the Patriots. Three straight snaps, three straight fumbles for the Browns. And it leads to a quick touchdown pass to the greasy Julian Edelman. God damn it, I fucking hate these guys and this unfair drips technology. Somebody needs to stop it. 
Give the Browns credit for not folding in this game, even though it's pretty clear that Odell Beckham Jr. wants to be a Patriot more than Michael Bennett ever did. Odell was treating the Patriots like they were kicking nets wrapped in pheromones and gold, inviting them all to go back to his hotel room to eat pizza and smoke blunts. I mean, giving Tom Brady goat hair shoes and hopes that he'll kiss you like a child, it's a little desperate, Odell. The Texans hold on to beat the Raiders 27-24. The bad news is that J.J. Watt is done for the season with an injury. On Twitter, he said he was gutted, which is an exaggeration. He was not William Wallace on the field, but he did tear his pectoral muscle. The good news is the Texans did not lose to the Raiders. Derek Carr threaded the needle to Deshaun Watson's college teammate, Hunter Renfro, who broke a tackle and sprinted, joggingly sprinted 65 yards for his first NFL touchdown. Finally, all of that hard work Hunter poured into training camp is paying off. Darren Waller found the end zone, and he's been maybe the Raiders' best player this season, filling in for Jared Cook, who was their best player last season and the Saints' most injured player this season. Credit Gruden for at least one good personnel move. Derek Carr had maybe his best game of the year, three touchdown passes with the final to Tyrell Williams, who glides into the end zone like a gazelle. Not the animal, the one Tony Little endorsed in the 90s. Crazy though, Derek Carr played his best game of the season and lost. Probably not a great sign for the Raiders moving forward. Deshaun Watson continues to ball out. He had an amazing play called back, but this time he makes perhaps a better play afterward. Shaking off Arden Key and firing a touchdown to Darren Waller. I mean Darren Fells. There are too many Darrens. What is this, bewitched? Bad joke, you say? Well, watch me double down. I wonder what it would look like if a Darren Fells threw a Waller. Anyone know how to fix drywaller? Because he's sober now and playing great. Deshaun Watson took a foot to the face in the game that caused him to have to close his left eye as he threw the ball. Checkmate Patty Mahomes. One-eyed Watson still has better vision than Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, and the Raiders team Barber. I don't find Watson's ability, though, to perform with one eye surprising. Considering Watson's head coach is just an upside-down Cyclops. Seriously, though, Watson getting kicked in the eyeball, slicing open his eyeball, and then throwing a touchdown pass with just one eyeball against the team whose logo wears an eye patch for the victory is poetic justice. The Packers get a win on Monday Night Football against the Mahomeless Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers may be taking the lead in the MVP race. I think Watson should be a close second. And even a sideline Patrick Mahomes is making a case because his injuries aren't even normal. Mahomes could be back on the field by November 10th because even his ligaments are able to avoid pressure. From NFL.com, Mahomes' knee will be game ready soon because he has loose ligaments and only one ligament suffered minimal damage when his kneecap tried to break through his leg skin. But seeing Matt Moore throw for 276 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions, I have to ask, is Patrick Mahomes the greatest system QB we've ever seen? (laughs) Just take it, Chiefs. The Chiefs started a guy who was retired last year in Matt Moore. Also, he was working as a scout for the Dolphins, coaching his high school football team, smoking crack every chance he got, and he even spent time in prison as a volunteer. But still, 
He put up 24 points against a pretty good Packers defense. Maybe Chris Collinsworth just loves quarterbacks. I'm not sure how else you explain the, his joyous and positive review of this terrible Matt Moore throw to Travis Kelsey for a touchdown. Matt Moore is going to have to throw a high ball because Kelsey is looking into his left to the middle of the field knows he's going to have to throw him open to the outside matt moore basically floated that ball like a balloon on kelsey's wrong shoulder the good news was that the ball was thrown higher than matt moore ever got on crack and kelsey was able to adjust reroute himself about 20 yards in the opposite direction and walk in for a touchdown because nobody was covering him the difference between mahomes and moore is mahomes makes those throws look hard. We do love to overcredit quarterbacks though. Aaron Rodgers under pressure threw a pass into the corner of the end zone caught by Jamal Williams. That was so perfect. Even Rodgers admitted he was sort of trying to throw the ball to Jimmy Graham. After the game, Matt LaFleur said that Rodgers throw to whoever the fuck the pass was intended for was the best live throw he's ever seen. LaFleur though is only 39, so he hasn't watched a lot of live football. Was that play lucky? Definitely. But great players create their own luck. Except Andrew Luck, who couldn't because of his name, Luck. And it was bad luck. That Packers touchdown came after Shady McCoy was holding the ball like a real idiot. Predictably fumbling in the Chiefs' territory with the game tied 17-17. This game was close, but remember, the Chiefs didn't have Mahomes, Chris Jones, or Frank Clark on their defensive line, Kendall Fuller, and both their starting left tackle and left guard. If Aaron Jones doesn't leave scorched earth behind him on the 67-yard screen pass turn touchdown, the Chiefs may have won or tied this game. If Kansas City can get healthy late in the season with a bunch of their depth players who have, now, who have now played valuable reps, they could be good enough to possibly beat the Patriots in the playoffs, which could set up a nice Super Bowl rematch between Green Bay and Kansas City. My goal is to predict as many two-team Super Bowl scenarios that in a couple months we'll look back and say I got it right. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please subscribe here on YouTube. Rescribes on the tubes. If you don't do it, you're the boobs. Subscribe on the tube if you don't want to be a boob. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Perna and my writing partner at Wilkie6. You can follow him there too. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.